My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good evening, everyone, and I really appreciate you joining us tonight. And I hope that these daily devotions are helping you, that every day you would meet with God, that he would be able to speak to your heart as you read his word and you pray that word over yourself and your family. I want you to be safe, but I also want you to be encouraged and know that we can please God during this time, just like any other time, if we're walking with him in a way that his word declares we should walk with him. Now, we're going to continue our live streaming on Easter Sunday. We have two services planned for you. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Brother Daniel Strobel will be doing a Bible lesson. And then at 11, I will be preaching. And those are the only two services we're going to have on Easter. Sunday night, I hope that you will spend that time with your family and have a wonderful time reading God's Word and doing one of these devotionals with them on Sunday evening. I think it would be great. Be sure to anoint your houses. I really feel like that is something the Lord wants us to do and contact every backslider as God puts them on your heart. I want you to feel led to do that. I just feel strongly moved in the spirit that we should do it. So stay strong in your faith and be encouraged. The Lord is with us and he's going to see us through And we're going to get to the other side of this. I promise you, and God is going to bless us tremendously. And we're going to see a great harvest of souls. And I'm just going to speak to that. That's the desire of my heart. And I hope that the Lord will honor that in Jesus' name. Now, during my daily devotion, what I try to do whenever I lock on to some scriptures that I want to read and study and pray over myself, I'll begin to dissect them and to understand what they're saying to me in the spirit. And you can get your Bible like I have here, my Bible in my lap. And of course, my journal now is my iPad. And I'll read the word of the Lord. And I'm going to read Psalm 89, 13 through 26. Uh, It says, Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. I don't want to ever get to a point where I don't recognize a joyful sound. So many times people consider worship to be nothing but noise. And they don't, they don't hear the joyful sound that's in the worship. They only are bothered by the noise of it. And I don't want to ever get to a point where I'm bothered by the noise and I don't see the joy that's in the worship. Because if I don't, the Bible says, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. But if I don't hear that joyful noise, if I don't, perceive the joy in people's worship. 
then I'm going to walk in darkness. That might be the reason why so many people who claim to be saints of God are walking in depression, they're walking in criticism, they're walking in negativity, uh, and they're never walking in the light of his countenance. I want God to allow us permission to walk in the light of his countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. The Lord is our defense, and I'll pray those things in my spirit. The Lord is my defense. The Holy One of Israel is my king. You spoke in vision to your Holy One, and you say, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I found David my servant, and with my holy oil have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. And I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. And he shall cry unto me, Thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. What a powerful reading and a powerful word. And God began to speak to me through these scriptures. And this particular uh, devotion is over 30 years old. I wrote this about 30 years ago. It's even over 30 years ago. It could be even closer to 35. Because God used that text and he showed me seven acts of the covenant that I began to pray into my life when he showed this to me. I began to pray it. And I promise you, if you will pray these seven promises of the covenant that God gave to David in this text, he will do this in your life just like he did for me, just like he's done for David. Because God doesn't distinguish between people who are believers and who are walking in the light of his countenance. If you're walking with God, you can hear the joyful sound of people's praise and value it and respect it. Then he's going to shine his light upon you just like he did upon David. And then when he does that, he's going to fulfill every one of these promises in your life. This scripture declares that my God is able to take whatever he's created and mold it to a specific purpose to fulfill a pre-designed destiny. Now that's amazing to me because, you know, sometimes people think that God just created things and just left it to themselves. But yet there is an overpowering and overwhelming will of God that can be brought into your life that can shape you into a pre-designed destiny. Now, in the animal kingdom, creatures have life but no destiny. They have no voice, and they have no ability to make a choice. They might create a balance in the ecosystem of planet Earth, but they have no power of choice. Therefore, they can't create destiny. They can't speak. 
And if they can't speak, they can't create destiny. But we as God's people have the capacity to speak, to make the joyful sound, to walk in the light of his countenance, and to create kingdom purpose and bring God's will into the earth. That's what Jesus taught us in his prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. He prayed and he asked us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but I want God to rule over me. I want him to direct my steps. You say, well, why? Because he knows what's coming tomorrow. He knew that this virus was going to happen. He knew that we were going to be on shutdown. This didn't take him by surprise. But I want to live my life according to his will and according to his purpose so I can pray his will into my life. I can pray it into existence. God's the designer. He's the creator. And he's the caretaker of the promise. God's given us some promises. He's a God of creation He's a God of covenant, and he's a God of calling. You will never experience God's design unless you answer his call. He's calling you into covenant so that you can realize his predetermined purpose for your life. You've got to answer that call, and you've got to respond to it with the joyful sound that the scripture talked to us about. And if we can pray that, God, I want to recognize the joyful sound. I know that we've got a lot to despair about. We've got a lot to be concerned about in, in this world. But also there's promise. There's hope. God's got a plan. He's doing a work. And if we can sense it and see it, then we're not going to be in utter despair are cast down because of this. We're going to be looking forward with expectation to how God's going to use it to bring glory and honor to his name. His promise is that he will make us the very best that we can be. David understood this and David recognized that God can and will forge in the fires of tribulation a masterpiece of excellence and power. Wow. Mm, 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 mm. When I think of what God can do, God creates masterpieces. The first book of the Bible tells us that God created mankind in his own image. That's not junk. He spoke the sun, the moon, the stars into existence. He spoke the earth, the seas, and the atmosphere into being. He spoke the plants, the fish, the birds, and the animals into existence. But with man, he got his hands dirty. He sculpted man from the dirt. He breathed the breath of life into him. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Wow, that is something. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If we're God's masterpiece, then we ought to begin to operate in joy knowing that whatever we're going through right now, God is using it to shape us and to design us and fit us into his purpose. The opening of the Westminster Confession reads, the chief end of man 
is to glorify God and to enjoy his presence forever. I just want you to know that you were created to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Now that is a privilege. You are God's trophy. You are God's most treasured possession. And yet sometimes masterpieces do get damaged. David was a damaged masterpiece, but God promised him seven parts to the covenant to restore him and to bring him into new life. And so I got to praying all of these promises and I said, God, fulfill these promises in my life. I'm not a David, but I am a believer and a worshiper of Jesus and there's joy in my heart for serving you. And all I can do is ask. I wrote that. I said, I don't know whether you will do these promises in me like you did, David, but all I can do is ask. Change and reshape my identity into the masterpiece of your design. And I just sat in the presence of God and I wept. And I asked the Lord to do in me what he did in David. There was no presumption in my asking. There was no preconceived expectations in my asking. It was just simply a hunger and a desire to see God take the damaged masterpiece that I was and to restore me to his original design. The first act of the covenant is found in Psalm 89, 20. I already read it to you, but it said, I found my servant David. Isn't that wonderful? I found my servant David. That is an amazing act of grace. God found us. It, it's, we, we weren't seeking for him. He was out searching for us. Just the thought that God would even care enough to go out and seek us and find us. He found his servant David and he found you broken and bruised by sin, but he redeemed you by the power of his grace. And then the second act of the covenant is Psalm 89, 20. I have anointed him with holy oil. I have been blessed with this oil in my life. Jesus finds us and then he anoints us. And I've experienced both of these throughout my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And then I wrote down in my journal, I said, I need five more though. I can't just simply be discovered by God and anointed by God. That's wonderful in itself. But I need more than that. And here is verse 21. I will steady him with my hand and with my powerful arm. I will make him strong. Now that is what we need. We need to be steadied by the hand of God. Why? Because a lot of things can happen in your life that can shake you up for sure. And some people are shaking today through what's going on in the world. But we've been steadied by the hand of God. He's given us a steady hand and he's going to direct us with a powerful arm and he's going to make us strong. So I prayed and I wrote it in my journal. I desperately need to be steadied, Lord. I, I need to be made strong with your powerful arm. 
And I've experienced this in measure, but I desire the fullness of it because that is a promise you have given your people that you would make us strong, that we would be strong in the inner man with the power of his might. And I'll just pray that because it's so important that we are steadied by the hand of God. And so I speak that that strength into you right now. When everything else is shaking and everyone else is in despair and everyone's listening to this report and that report, I want you to be steadied by the hand of God's power. That you know you are established on a solid rock that cannot be moved. And the fourth act of the covenant the Bible says David will not be defeated by his enemies. Now listen to this, 22, 23 of Psalm 89. His enemies will not defeat him. The wicked will not overpower him. And then he turns around and said, I'll beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. And so I got to pray, God, I don't want the enemy to outwit me or overpower me. I desire to experience in fullness your ability to beat down the enemy, destroy them that hate me, protect me, bless me constantly, surround me with your love, and make me what I'm supposed to be because of your promise, not my desire, but your promise. You desire to do it. And so I prayed God would have his way in my life to fulfill this promise in me. The fifth act of the covenant that David received uh, was powerful indeed. God's faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him. My faithfulness and then my unfailing love will be with him. In order for you to restore a masterpiece, it is stated by those who do those sort of things, is that they study the original design. They study how and what the original intention of the creator of that masterpiece was. And they go back in history, they examine every brush stroke, they consider the original intention. In Colossians 3.10, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. To know what God designed, to go back to when God made you new and get the original blueprint of what he wants you to be. You study it. You take this word. You pray it. You take a long look at it. You determine you determine in your spirit to get back to what God's design is. You step from the dark shadows through a cleansing and then you step into the light and God paints into your life the colors of his restoration. Look into the eyes of the one who calls himself the day star. Look into the face as bright as a Galilean sunrise and let his face shine upon you <laughs> and let his image transform you and let that transformation take place in your life. 
God will be faithful to it. His unfailing love. And, and I would just sit in his presence and say, thank you for loving me, Lord. Just the fact that God would love us and go find us out of all the peoples of the earth and do this work for us is amazing to me. His unfailing love, his faithfulness, that means he's not going to fail you in the time of difficulty. He'll steady your hand with the strength and the power of his arm. And the sixth act of the covenant is when David receives God's authority to grow in power. This is what 89, 24, 25 says, New Living Translation. And by my authority, he will grow in power and I will extend his rule over the sea and his dominion over the rivers. Wow. That's where my desire for personal growth came from is this text right here. God wants to give me authority, not so I can take authority over you or somebody else, but it's so that I can grow in power, so that I can grow, because I need the growth. You can't grow unless I grow. So I want to grow in power. He said, I'm going to extend his rule over the sea and his dominion over the rivers. God's going to give us dominion over the flow of his spirit. And when we speak and when we declare, God's Holy Ghost is going to move as a result of that. Church, we've got the power to stand up and speak. And so I know that we've got to practice social distancing even when we come back into the sanctuary, but we can do that easily and still speak to everything that we want to see God do. We have dominion over the sea and, the, and over the rivers. The rivers of living water can flow in this place if somebody would just stand up and say it. Somebody would stand up and declare it. God's going to move with his spirit. I pray this way, and I want you to start praying right now. God, I want to grow in power. Give me your authority so I can grow in power so that I can have dominion over the rivers and so that I can speak to the flow of God's spirit. And then the seventh act of the covenant, which was the last verse I read to you, and this is so powerful because you have a continual audience with the king. He will call out to me, verse 26, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And he will call out to me. God speaking about David is going to call out and say, you're my father, you're my God, and you're the rock of my salvation. I'm talking about completed, finished, restored, perfected. I'm talking about God looks through our difficulties and sees the end result and know that he's faithful to help us finish well. The famed preacher F.B. Meyer spoke of going into an artist's studio and finding many unfinished pictures, unfinished either because the artist lacked the skill or got sick or died or whatever the deal was. And he made these comments as a result. He said, as we go into God's great workshop, we find nothing that bears the mark of haste or insufficiency of power to finish. And we are sure 
at the work which he began with grace, that his arm is strong enough to complete it. And I believe that with all of my heart. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One day God's going to make all things new. So I say, let God take these seven promises that he made to David. He's calling you into this covenant and he wants you to pray those promises into your life. Because if you take every one of those promises, you'll find them in the New Testament that through Jesus Christ, we have the same promises. Perhaps we couldn't be so bold to pray it if Jesus had not stepped on the scene, died on the cross, rose again on the third day. And on this Passover Friday, when Jesus shared that last supper with his disciples, why don't you bring your family around right now? Why don't you begin to pray these magnificent promises into your life and begin to believe that as we have shared this devotion, we have shared with you how to pray the word over your life and your family. You would do that right now. Just take Psalms 89 and start at the 13th verse and go all the way down to the 26th verse and let these verses minister to your spirit. You can pray the whole chapter. And ask that Jesus would fulfill these promises in you. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people who have desired and hungered for your original design. We have studied it in your word. Your word has declared who and what we're supposed to be and to become. And I know that we fall short. So many times we fall short. But you are not discouraged. The Bible teaches us you are not discouraged in the process that what you have begun in us, you are also able to finish it. And I ask that every promise in the word be given to us, that every promise in the book is ours. I pray it for our people right now that you would make them strong and give them authority to grow in power and give us dominion over the rivers that flow from our innermost being and allow that spirit to flow out of us as we speak it. And when we come back into this sanctuary, let us come back with a renewed sense of determination and a new authority to speak the word of God with power. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I'll see you here Sunday morning. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.